That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Friday, March 29th, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the Lyft IPO. Huawei's profits don't seem to be affected by governmental pressures. Stack Overflow is looking for a new CEO. Alexa business blueprints allow you to create custom skills for your business. And the weekend long read suggestions. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Lyft officially became the first of this crop of tech unicorns to IPO today. And at the time of this writing, it looks like it was a success Shares of Lyft opened up more than 21%, which means the company is valued at around $25 billion, and Lyft itself raised $2.3 billion. Quoting CNBC, Lyft said Thursday it sold 32.5 million shares, more than previously expected, at $72 apiece. That's at the high end of the stated range, which was already boosted from an initial range of $62 to $68. That means the company raised about $2.3 billion from the listing. The stock held at around $87 in its first few minutes of trading before falling to around $83 per share, something of a modest IPO for such a giant tech company. Appetite for the stock was strong, though, with more than 6 million shares traded at the open. More than 19 million shares had been traded as of noon in New York, about 15 minutes after the debut, end quote. I don't know that I agree with that tepid assessment entirely, especially given that Lyft has always been in Uber's shadow. The fact that they were able to come to market first and attract enough investor interest to essentially be oversubscribed and sell more shares at a higher price than anticipated is a win, by some measure, certainly, And it's definitely a win, of course, for Lyft's early investors. But actually, that's something important that's worth pointing out. This crop of unicorns coming public this year, they're all of this new generation that came of age in our new investment paradigm of mega rounds, of sovereign wealth funds, of being able to stay private for nearly a decade or more without even needing to go to public markets to raise money. That means, potentially, as the New York Times points out, quote, The company's fastest phases of growth are behind them. As a result, there is an increased risk that in this wave of tech IPOs, an elite group of investors like sovereign wealth funds and venture capitalists will grab a larger share of the winnings compared with new investors. Individual investors are going to get in too late, said Jason DeSena-Trenert, managing partner at Strategis Research Partners, a markets and economic analysis firm. Quote, they're going to be the last investors in, and that's the concern, end quote. Tech companies are able to IPO at fully mature stages of their life cycle at this point. That means that they're mature companies and they are mature stocks. The days when a company could 10 or 20 or even 100x in value in the decade or so after its IPO, those days are probably over. Of course, it's Facebook that pioneered this modern era. And if you bought Facebook stock on its IPO day, then you still did very, very well, even with it trading far from its all-time highs at the moment. Every exception proves the rule, I guess. 
Just yesterday, I caught you up on the efforts of some national governments to block Huawei devices on security grounds. Well, don't cry for Huawei yet because all of this government pressure doesn't seem to be having any effect on Huawei's bottom line yet. Quoting from CNBC, Huawei's revenue grew 19.5% in 2018, surpassing $100 billion for the first time, despite continuing political headwinds from around the world. Sales came in at 721.2 billion yuan, which is $107.13 billion last year. Net profit reached 59.3 billion yuan, higher by 25.1% compared to a year ago. The revenue growth was faster than that seen in 2017, but the net profit rise was slightly slower, end quote. Translating that just a bit, Huawei reported around $8.8 billion in profit, and its overall revenue growth in its consumer business grew 45.1% year over year. Joel Spolsky announced yesterday that he will step down as CEO of Stack Overflow and will become chairman of that company's board of directors. And guess what? Stack Overflow is launching an open search for a new CEO. As Fred Wilson tweeted, a dream job. Stack is an internet treasure, end quote. In a blog post announcing his change of hats, Spolsky wrote, quote, Where are we after 11 years? Practically every developer in the world uses Stack Overflow including the Stack Exchange Network of 174 sites, we have over 100 million monthly visitors. Every month, over 125,000 wonderful people write answers. According to Alexa, StackOverflow.com is one of the top 50 websites in the world. That's without even counting the Stack Exchange Network, which is almost as big. And every time I see a developer write code, they've got Stack Overflow open in one of their browser windows. Oh, and hey... We do not make you sign up or pay to see the answers. The company has been growing, too. Today, we are profitable. We have almost 300 amazing employees worldwide and booked $70 in revenue last year. We have talent, advertising, and software products. The software-as-a-service products like Stack Overflow for teams and enterprises are growing at 200% a year. That speaks to the fact that we've recruited an incredibly talented team that has produced such fantastic results. But we have a lot of work ahead of us, and it's going to take a different type of leader to get us through that work, end quote. I liked this tweet that I managed to catch from Vicky Boykis, quote, just trying to make sense of the universe through some revenue numbers here. $70 million, Stack Overflow, a site that powers all of modern software development. $1 billion. Snap, an eyewear company that lets you put stickers on your selfies, end quote. Amazon has launched Alexa for Business Blueprints, which is a set of templates for employees to create and publish private Alexa skills for their organizations without having to write any code. Quoting from VentureBeat, As Amazon product marketing manager Ben Grossman explains in a blog post, Alexa for Business Blueprints stay within workplaces. They can't be used on devices outside of an organization, and any employee can use them to submit voice app requests. How? Simply by signing in with an Amazon account, filling in the requests and response fields, and supplying an Alexa for Business Organization Identifier, or ARN. It's up to IT administrators to review and selectively enable apps for rooms or the entire organization as they come in. 
A few of the available blueprints address work-related questions like, what's the guest Wi-Fi password? What are the hours for IT? And when does open enrollment start? Others cover pertinent subjects like office layout, ALEXA, Ask Team Guide Where's the Mailing Center, and Equipment Setup, How Do I Set Up Corporate Email on My Phone, end quote. There's also been two new skills blueprints added to the Alexa Skills Blueprints website, a business Q&A blueprint for creating custom questions and answers, and an onboarding guide blueprint for answering questions for new hires at your business. Only available in the U.S. for now, but this seems like a super useful thing if you have Alexa set up in your business, so I'm sure it will roll out widely soon. I'm going to a big AI startup demo day here in the city tomorrow, and I will 100% be decked out in Mack Weldon clothing. Why? Well, Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. That's their Airnet underwear. Crazy, comfortable, but elevated sweatpants, the Ace Collection. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads, the Silver Peak polo. That's my personal fave. And ultra-soft antimicrobial tees for when you need to stay fresh longer, their Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code RIDE. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code RIDE. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Time for the weekend long reads suggestions. Guess what? After about a month's absence, I've got a podcast recommendation for you. Run as radio. Run as radio is a weekly podcast for IT professionals using Microsoft technologies. If you're using Microsoft in your organization, run as radio sounds like it's right up your alley. The podcast has actually been around forever. They've been publishing every Wednesday since April of 2007. They're actually the top of the podcast list on Reddit's sysadmin wiki because they've been doing it forever. 
It's a half-hour show discussing a single topic, and guests run the gamut from across the IT continuum. So if you've not heard of it, give Run As Radio a shot. Search your podcast app for Run As Radio. First, for the long-read suggestions, let's go with a couple of pieces which follow up directly on news from this week. In TechCrunch, Josh Constein voices the very thought that I had when I signed up for Apple News Plus this week. Gee, I can cancel that Business Week subscription now, and that New Yorker subscription, and that Vanity Fair subscription. Quote, why subscribe to that publisher? I already pay for Apple News Plus, should be the question haunting journalists' nightmares. For readers, $10 a month, all you can eat from 300-plus publishers sounds like a great deal today, but it could accelerate the demise of some of those outlets, leaving society with fewer watchdogs and storytellers. If publishers agree to shake hands with the devil, the Dark Lord will just garner more followers, making its ruinous offer more tempting, end quote. I know they think that this is just free money, that it's just additive, but I honestly don't know what any publisher is thinking by taking this deal. In The Verge, Casey Newton writes about that European copyright directive and again voiced an exact thought that I had earlier this week. The fracturing of the internet is upon us. Quote, the internet had previously been divided into two, the open web, which most of the world could access, and the authoritarian web of countries like China, which is parceled out stingily and heavily monitored. As of today, though, the web no longer feels truly worldwide. Instead, we now have the American Internet, the authoritarian Internet, and the European Internet, end quote. We don't yet know how this will shake out, but I can't see it as being good for anyone going forward. Next, as all the unicorns step up to have their day in the sunlight in Lyft's wake, a look at one of the other expected debutantes, Pinterest. What is Pinterest's angle exactly? Well, according to Digiday, there's going to be a battle for the top of the purchasing funnel, Apu Gupta, CEO of visual commerce platform Curulate said, referencing Instagram checkout and Google's foray into shoppable ads. I don't think anybody's got a lock on this yet, end quote. Well, Pinterest believes that it hopefully has a lock because Pinterest is trying to be not just an advertising play full stop. It's an advertising into commerce play, which is trickier as proven out by the fact that no one has quite pulled it off yet, but could be incredibly powerful if done right. The Financial Times says that all of the talk of Brexit and trade wars while hogging the headlines is hiding the fact that the European startup scene is quietly thriving. Why? Well, for reasons that we've discussed recently. Success begets success. Quote, Toby Koppel partner at Mosaic Ventures, a London-based venture capital firm, says there has never been a better time to build a startup. The European startup ecosystem continues to mature, he says. There are many more successful companies like Spotify, where the next generation of founders are trained and then leave to start up the next company, often with former colleagues, to start something new, end quote. Europe is just now beginning to reap the rewards that Silicon Valley has long benefited from, the so-called startup mafia system. Next, Lots of people have done variations on this type of piece, but Bloomberg has a piece that does it really, really well with cool interactive graphics that make you feel the numbers viscerally thanks to interactive charts and stuff. The P2 
piece is titled The Enormous Numbers Behind Amazon's Market Reach shows how big Amazon's business and all of its businesses really truly are, and as I think I've said before, how amazingly recently they got this big. And finally, I just love this piece from Vice entitled The Elaborate Dying Art of Hustling for Money at Dave & Buster's. Quote, Far away from the glitz and glamour of the eSports circuit, a different breed of semi-professional gamers are eking out an honest day's work at arcades around the globe. If the ninjas of the MLG with their celebrity lifestyles and lucrative promo deals are the World Series of Poker stars, these arcade hustlers, referred to within their community as Advantage Players or APs, are more akin to legal card counters. These unassuming sharks will walk into a Dave & Buster's or any other entertainment center with an arcade awarding tickets that can be exchanged for prizes, hit their handful of preferred games, and quietly rack up thousands and thousands of tickets. Doing this just a few days a week can quickly amass enough of a ticket balance to trade for the top-shelf prizes that casual players could only dream of redeeming, like game consoles and iPads, which APs often sell for profit. For the elites in this scene... Advantage playing straddles the line between obsessive hobby and part-time job. They aren't scamming or stealing their way to big wins. They're just incredibly good at these games, and much of their skill is learned rather than innate. Though baseline speed and reflexes are prerequisites for success, it's primarily repetition and a nerdy devotion to the scene that breeds top-tier APs who are able to quickly discern whether a game's jackpot is ripe and able to be won or if it needs more time to, quote, refill through casual play. At home, APs study PDFs of game manuals downloaded from manufacturers' sites, discuss strategies on their subreddit, track fluctuations in prize ticket value, and post YouTube videos showcasing their talents. But despite the Internet's aid in connecting APs worldwide and revealing the tricks of their trade to new generations of players, their numbers are dwindling, end quote. I won't spoil it for you, but it's a fascinating thing to read why these Chuck E. Cheese game sharps are a dying breed. Guess what? The Google Podcast search test actually worked. At about 10 a.m. this morning, listener at CHAB9 tweeted me a screenshot of what I presume is his search within his Google Podcasts app. He only had to enter Iowa River Puppet, and sure enough, there's yesterday's episode. So, man, first of all, Google works fast, and yeah, I did make it super easy with a super unique string of words, but you gotta say, that's impressive nonetheless. I've never seen audio transcription and search work that well before. If there was someday actual long-tail podcast discovery and search, that could end up being huge for discovery and actually as a traffic driver for podcasts. So we'll see. Anyway, enjoy the weekend bonus episodes. Talk to you on Monday.